Hey guys, Abel here, and this is going to be an introductory short episode of a series of podcast episodes, which I'll be releasing over the course of the next week or two, which will be of the chapters of a short booklet that I just wrote on sustainable dieting, nutrition, and just in general, a sustainable obsession-free fitness lifestyle, which will be available for a free download. And this will be also the introduction of my blog, which I'll be publishing soon, which is where I'll gather most of my musings. And you'll also be able to reach out to me there if you want to work with me. So I am excited to put this out there. Uh, You know, I've been a little bit inactive lately, um, maybe partially because I was uh, still recovering from this Champions League final two weeks ago. Man, this was so painful. Honestly, I was so sad after that game. Um, For the record, I'm a Manchester United fan, but I felt so bad for Liverpool. I think this was so unfair. Anyway, I won't go into this because uh, I'll just think about this all day again and then, you know, wake up in the middle of the night in fury and all of that. So no fun. So let's get into today's episode where I'll be talking about one of the core tenets of my approach that I started to take on in this past year. And this has become one of the core philosophies that I started to swear by. And I might add, this has also become one of the biggest changes in my overall approach with fitness. And it has brought about really positive changes in my life. And therefore, I think it can be beneficial for you as well. Because the shift that happened in my approach was taking on a more minimalistic approach, which I know fully well gets a pretty bad rap these days because it has been just so overused. But I think that if we frame it the right way, it can actually be really useful as a concept. And what this minimalistic approach means in my case is switching from doing the most amount I could possibly do at any one period in a fear of missing out on potential gains or not progressing as fast as possible with my fitness goals to actually stopping and thinking about how much do I actually need to do to see the results that I want to see? And this was not any sort of quest to hack the system, so to speak, and try to do the least I can do while still progressing, but more so actually stopping and thinking about how much of what I'm doing was actually helping me and how much of it was actually just doing work for the sake of doing work or was done out of a fear of not progressing as fast as I could. And this mentality shift came to me in a couple of places over the course of this last year when I just had these moments of realization of, man, do I need to really crush myself so hard to get where I'm at currently? Um, Sometimes these moments came to me when I just found myself feeling like a complete wreck, you know? I recall a few instances where after doing a certain protocol, I just looked up and realized, man, my joints are aching, I'm in the gym every day, I'm hammering myself with these high fiber foods all the time. I spend 50% of my day thinking about my training session and I enjoy it for what it is, but you know, I'm not just here to do things for the sake of doing them. I'm looking for actual progress here or something. And objectively speaking, I'm not really getting what I'm in for. So that kind of made me stop and think that, well, there's basically two options here. Either I have such shit genetics that all this work only yields this much results, in which case it's probably still worth thinking about, could I get the same results at least by doing much less? Or the other option is, maybe this is just too much for me personally, and I could actually make better progress by doing less. The other big wake-up call for me was when I started taking on clients from different places and design workout programs for them. 
And some of these were beginners. Some of them were the classic kind of intermediate level guys who wanted to get a bit leaner, wanted to progress in the gym and build those tricky final 15 pounds of muscle that they, that they could still gain. And as I was putting together workout plans for them, based on the best of my knowledge, that's when it just hit me that, man, these workouts are so simple. They are so time efficient. Exactly why am I doing to myself what I'm doing? And honestly, I had no real response to it. I kind of found myself in this cognitive dissonance because I didn't put together seven-day-a-week super high training volume plans for them. They were typically four or five days a week type of plans with moderate volume. They were making steady gains with them as they should have been while I was just struggling with overreaching symptoms myself, aches and pains, and just a complete OCD-like mentality with my own training. Another big uh, wake-up call for me was a quote that I believe I saw from Ian McCarthy that said, your schedule should reflect your priorities. And I just took a second and thought about the question of, if I add together the time I spend preparing meals, the time I spend in the gym, the time I spend worrying whether, whether I'll be able to make it to the gym, and the time I spend worrying about future events where I may not be able to get my workouts in, does it reflect where my priorities lie in life? And the answer was that since I was only doing my workouts to be happy with the way I look and to be healthy, it absolutely didn't. So all that made me think that maybe I'm just doing way too much and it's actually a net negative considering everything. And this brings me to what I want to talk to you about today and that is rethinking what the concept of minimum effective dose means. Uh, because I think we commonly think of this as it meaning the minimum amount that you can do that will produce any results whatsoever. But I think instead it comes down to something different and that is thinking about what you want to accomplish and then with honesty, thinking about the amount of work that you think is realistically going to accomplish that and then doing that. Actually, perhaps sometimes it's just easier to ask yourself, what would you tell a friend or a client who asks you about this? Because often that puts things into better perspective. And then perhaps where the minimalistic sort of attitude does come in is with your mindset when you're actually putting this into practice. Because there you'll actually say, okay, this is what I think it takes, and I won't be doing a ton more than that just in case, but I'll actually do the amount that I think it takes. So to illustrate the difference between these two mindsets to you, if a friend came to you and asked you for advice to get in shape, if you take the minimum effective dose concept literally, maybe then you would be giving him suggestions which may help him to reliably lose a pound of fat per month, which is not very impressive. If he does that, then a few months down the line, he will most likely be underwhelmed. That would kind of be the bad caricature of the minimum effective dose concept. Now, if you tell him, look, this is going to take some doing, you will need to change your lifestyle and your habits, but if you can dedicate somewhere between three to six hours of lifting per week and do a moderate amount of real high quality sets in the gym, for your different muscle groups and work with intent when you're in there, you'll get the majority of your foods from nutritious quality sources, develop some calorie awareness and develop some useful habits that you can implement in your everydays so you can manage things like social events. I can guarantee you that in a few months, you'll have a pretty different physique and in two years, you can look really, really good. Now, if this guy was to ask you, look, but how about being in the gym seven days a week and doing these special training techniques? And I read somewhere that separating stretch and pump type exercises and doing these overreaching phases and all of that, 
I mean, what would you say to that? Because I think that the reasonable answer is, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't need any of that. You said that you want to look good with your shirt off, not to become a professional bodybuilder. Just do these simple steps, find balance in life, and you'll do great. And I think what happens in this instance is that you identified the point of severely diminishing returns, where all the things that you did up until that point will deliver most of the results you're looking for, if not all. And all these additional things, they will help a little bit, but they will come at the cost of a disproportionately large amount of effort for the amount of returns that you can expect. And I think this is what we often don't realize or appreciate when it comes to our own progress and where a lot of us start doing all the things that are probably not warranted given our goals because of so-and-so experts' advice. And once again, what we often forget, this is one of my pet peeves, is that this advice will often come from people whose general messaging is actually geared towards athletes or just people who are pushing for maximal results. Now, it's also important to recognize that this diminishing returns effect is not linear, and there probably are certain threshold effects. And this is where the volume concepts of Mike Isratel, for example, can be very helpful, because it's probably not like as you're doing more and more volume in the gym, you're getting incrementally more gains, but the rate of diminishing returns is also increasing incrementally. There is probably something to be set for threshold effects at certain points where a certain amount of volume in the gym is necessary to make any progress whatsoever. And then within a certain range of volumes, you'll probably get the same amount of gains. So let's say you need 10 sets to use this commonly known number as an example to progress with your gains at all. It might be that in the range of maybe 10 to 15 sets, you'll probably just get more or less the same amount of gains. So maybe 14 sets won't make you grow any faster than 10 sets. However, it will cost you more recovery. Now, if you do up the ante quite a bit and do 18 sets, you may actually get considerably better gains. And now you'll make progress 50% faster, which when you look at the actual rate of gains would mean that you will get where you want to be in one and a half years as opposed to two years, which depending on your outlook can be seen as a trivial amount of gains for all that extra work, but it could also be seen as massive amounts of gains. It just depends on your perspective. So the question is, are you willing to take on all that extra work? And you know, for many of you, the answer might be yes. Uh, to me personally, for a long time, the answer was yes. But I think there is another component here which we tend to miss, that if you're going to up the ante that much, now you made a choice to venture over the territory of the champions and those that push to be the best athletes that they can be, which can sound very appealing, don't get me wrong. As, as I'm saying it now, I know that it sounds great. But what we have to realize is that this comes with consequences. And by that, I don't only mean the extra work time spent in the gym. Because if that's all it took, there would be no problems with that from my end at least. But doing that much training has to be earned with recovery. That much volume is only going to benefit you if you can actually recover from it and adapt to it. So you need to sleep accordingly, eat accordingly, be consistent with your schedule accordingly, deload and manage fatigue and injuries accordingly. In other words, you can't cherry pick which areas of the athlete-like lifestyle you're willing to take on and which ones you aren't, which is where I think a lot of us tend to kid ourselves really hard, where we'll say, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I want to push for becoming the best I can be. And that is true on the training front. However, when you're looking at all the other aspects of their development, the sleep, 
the lifestyle management, the fatigue management in the gym, it's not there at all. And I know I have done this countless times in the past where I was trying to basically cut out the pieces which were desirable for me from the hardcore athlete lifestyle and leave the pieces that were not appealing to me. And I think it's fine to say that, you know what, I am not willing to live my life like an athlete. For example, I know that to sleep and recover as much as what would be needed to recover from as much training as I might want to recover from is just not feasible with my current lifestyle. And perhaps more importantly, I don't need to do that given my goals. But I guess I digress. So the main message is basically minimum effective dose is not doing the least you can do to get the least results. It's actually quite the opposite. It's thinking hard about the actual amount that's needed to get to your goals and not doing a lot more than that out of fear or insecurity. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave a comment and subscribe if you watch this on YouTube. If you listen to this on iTunes, please leave a rating to help this stuff grow. SoundCloud and Podbeam, you can just follow me to be notified on future episodes. And to be a contributing member of this podcast, join the Sustainable Self-Development Facebook group where you can drop ideas about future podcasts. I very often ask my listeners for tips and advice on who to get on next. So if you're interested in getting into discussions like that, be sure to join the Facebook group. And if you don't want to go through the searching process, just click one of those links in the show notes slash video description. It is all there. All right. Thanks for hanging around up until now and see you next time.